Well, we are approaching Christmas. It seems that Christmas is coming faster than I expect. <laughs> it seems far away, but it's just like a couple weeks away here. And so I wanted to make sure I got this message in, and we're going to do a message on, um, on uh, marriage this morning. On uh, marriage this morning. And uh, the reason is, is because I actually have been asked to talk about this uh, quite a few times. And it's actually not all that often people come up to me and say, you know, Jesse, can you speak on this? But I've actually had quite a few people say, can you please speak on this? And I'm assuming uh, because perhaps uh, there's some issues in going on in, in, in your relationship. And, and it's very common during this pandemic to be having relational issues. And that's why I'm uh, titling this message, Pandemic Marriages. Now, this pandemic for some marriages and relationships has been very, very good because all of a sudden people are forced to spend more time together and for couples where maybe uh, they are very busy with work or traveling or always out of town, this has provided something that they've just been longing for, for a time spent together where maybe it's not as busy. Uh, that is some couples, but it seems maybe even the majority of couples are saying it's been really tough on my marriage. And uh, even if you're not married, uh, you don't have to hang up because a lot of the stuff just deals with relationships in common. And at least this can give you something to be praying about. And so I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news. I try not to watch too much news, but um, I, I just did a, a quick Google search when it came to marriages and uh, coronavirus and the pandemic. And I tell you, there. There's a lot of interesting news out there right now. Uh, here's one that says, COVID-19 infecting marriages, driving up divorce numbers, says family mediators. Uh, Global News said divorces have increased during the coronavirus pandemic, and lawyers are expecting more. Uh, CBC said pandemic pressure cooker is driving more couples to seek advice about separation and divorce. Another Global News report said the coronavirus uh, it says, Okanagan divorce professionals say separations on the rise amid the pandemic. And uh, here's one that says, lockdown, just the final step, divorce woes increase with the second wave of COVID. And just one from the States, this says, divorce filings have skyrocketed, lawyer on impact of COVID-19 on and marriages. And so it seems that a lot of the news is reporting that, that uh, the cases of marriage trouble and the cases of inquiries about divorce have been growing substantially. Uh, just from our own province, uh, William Clark, who's a, a divorce lawyer from the Okanagan, he says, I'm easily tripling the amount of phone calls per week since last year. There's definitely been an uptick since September for the rise in divorces and fighting about custody in the central Okanagan. And uh, a divorce coach from the Lower Mainland says, I've received hundreds of more calls than it would have prior to the pandemic. And so it just seems that a lot of marriages are on shaky ground uh, at this point. And so I just want to take a moment to, to talk about relationships and some things maybe we can do to help us get, get through this. And I mean, it's not surprising why this is. I mean, COVID-19 really is the perfect storm for marriage trouble and, and relationship trouble in, in general. In fact, you know, there's been stories of just roommates even having more difficulty and, uh, you know, uh, just, just because of the nature of the pandemic. 
Uh, we know during this time that there's just a, a feeling of constant low-level stress and anxiety. And whenever you're under low-level stress and anxiety, I mean, it just makes everything harder, including marriages. Uh, people are reporting that they're having a shorter fuse, and so in relationships, people are blowing up more easily. Uh, of course, because there's more stress and more anxiety, people become more opinionated. And the more opinionated you are, that's just one of the best things you can do in your marriage, right? Not. Uh, but people are far more opinionated when they're under stress. And um, in fact, I was on a, a call with 15 other pastors across Canada this last week, some from Nova Scotia all the way through to, to Vancouver Island. And every single pastor says that they're dealing with a lot of conflict in their church right now. Uh, because people are on edge, and people get more opinionated, and, and every single one of those pastors says that they're dealing with discouragement themselves, because I mean, it's just a hard time for everybody. If you're a business owner, you know that you're dealing with more stress and customers, and, and there's more frustrations, and it's just a difficult time. A lot of people are on edge. There's a lot less patience. Go to the grocery store, you can sense this, and when you have less patience, Again, it's not really the best recipe for relationships. Uh, people are experiencing mental fragmentation, scattered thoughts, a lot of diminished reserves, emotional exhaustion. I mean, uh, just, you know, maybe working the whole day because you have to wear a mask or you're dealing with people. You come home and you're emotionally exhausted and you just don't have emotional energy for your main relationship. Uh, there's irritability and compassion fatigue. I mean, just, just caring for yourself for some people is, is a lot right now, let alone trying to care for your loved ones. And of course, there's been an increased reliance on, on coping mechanisms. A lot of people say they're drinking more, and that's leading to, uh, leading to other frustrations. And a lot of the things that we use to cope with stress uh, are a lot more difficult. And this is why, again, people are feeling more anxious and more opinionated and more stressed and more on edge because, I mean, we were designed for community community. And a lot of our social interactions have been cut off, which leads us, leads us more, more stressed out. We can't connect in the way we used to, and I'm really missing giving hugs to everybody and hanging out with people on our potlucks and hanging out with friends, and, and, that, and that is very difficult on us as humans. Uh, leisure activities are more difficult. I mean, a lot of uh, people who go to the gyms, a lot of that has been shut down in different ways, and it's just a little bit harder to do leisure activities. We have health concerns. People are concerned about their own health. They're concerned maybe when they go to work or if they're in the front lines. They're, every day they're worried about their own health. And again, that just wears on people. Uh, some people are experiencing hours cut or jobs lost. Uh, children are at home more often. And that causes stress on families. I mean, uh, married people have less time alone. Uh, just hanging out with your kids more might just cause more stress because you're, you're always trying to, to handle them. Uh, and, and now we're entering into less daylight and sunshine. I mean, we know that alone, especially going into January and February, can really weigh on people. And so then you add all of this other stuff, and it really is the perfect storm for marital issues. And, uh, and this is why it's a good topic to talk about. And we also need to be aware of, of what is actually being called the shadow pandemic right now. And that is because of the lockdown, uh, abuse in intimate relationships is, 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 is on the rise. I mean, generally speaking, 
one in four women and one in ten men experience intimate partner violence, which can be physical, emotional, sexual, or psychological. But with this pandemic, because people are locked down in their own home and locked down with their abuser, that abuse within families has grown tremendously, and they're calling this the, the shadow pandemic. And, uh, and, and a lot of times people are feeling stuck because they're with their abuser and they can't, you know, get to even phone to get help. And so uh, if you're being abused, um, you need to somehow get help. Uh, get somewhere where you can phone, and there's a hotline here, you can phone because there needs to be boundaries, and that is just not okay. To abuse another person is not okay. And this just gives us another uh, thing that we need to be watching out for and, and praying for during this pandemic. Now, part of what is causing, causing issues is just the fact that couples are spending more time together. And again, this can be really good for some couples, but for a lot of couples, spending more time together actually isn't a good thing. COVID-19 aside, just in general years, the highest inquiries for divorces actually typically are January and September. Now, why is that? Because it's just coming out of seasons where couples have spent the most time together. After Christmas break comes January. And because couples have spent a lot of time over Christmas break, they're like, I can't do this anymore. September, why? Just after summer break, couples have spent a lot of time together, and now they're like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Divorce inquiries tend to go higher when couples spend more time together. Um, Teresa, uh, PhD, said this. Unhappy but stable pre-pandemic couples might have remained stable by spending considerable time apart before March 2020. Between commutes, work hours, social engagements, family obligations, and kids' activities, married couples could function day-to-day without spending much time together. Many unhappy couples have sufficient distractions to prevent their attention from settling on the state of their marriage. Stay-at-home orders and social isolation recommendations change that. Suddenly, couples couldn't ignore their relationship. I mean, suddenly, the issues that were always there uh, because they're forced to spend more time together are all of a sudden highlighted and brought to the surface. In other words, the pressure of the pandemic has exposed cracks in relationships that are always there, that were already there. And a lot of couples have been functioning in their marriage with, with cracks in their marriage, but they can handle it. They might even say that our marriage is decent or we're doing okay because they have all these other distractions. They're busy at work and with social engagements and going to church and doing all these other things. And so their marriage is maybe doing okay. But now, because all those other things are stripped away and couples are staying at home, all of a sudden those cracks are exposed. COVID-19 is not causing marriage issues, it is simply exposing cracks that were actually already there. And you can picture it like a bridge. And you could have a bridge that has a structural crack in it, and you could have cars drive over that bridge all day long, and that bridge is strong, and it stays there, and it's okay. But as soon as if you have a, maybe a truck with a really heavy load go over that bridge, all of a sudden that truck exposes that crack, and the bridge collapses. And this is what is happening to a lot of marriages right now. COVID-19 and the pressure and the stress and everything that is going on is putting a lot of pressure on marriages and therefore those cracks are being exposed and people are wondering, 
can I still even do this? And this is why divorce inquiries have skyrocketed. Uh, requests for therapy have skyrocketed. I have a therapist friend who said uh, just a couple weeks ago that typically he receives about three emails a week, and now he says he's getting more than 50 <laughs> emails a week. And so there's a lot of pressure, whether you're married or not or single, there's a lot of pressure right now on, on folks in their relationships. Um, and so uh, this is just a reminder that we should never let emotional cracks or cracks in our marriage just sit there. And a lot of times, again, we can do this. We, we know we have big cracks in our marriage, but we kind of ignore them. And we just go on with our life because we're busy enough that we think we can ignore them and our marriage is fine until something heavy comes along, a major financial issue, COVID-19 or something like that. I mean, the Bible tells us we are actually to deal with, with issues as soon as we can. Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And there are couples who've been angry for years and years and years, and there's a big crack there in their marriage, and, and they haven't been seeking help. And all of a sudden now COVID-19 has exposed that. Or Hebrews 12, make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. Again, this happens all the time in church communities. It happens in marriages where there's a little bit of bitterness that is not dealt with, is not communicated, and it begins to grow and roots begin to fester and all of a sudden it, it gets huge. And COVID-19 is, is, is exposing some of these cracks that married couples should have been working on and communicating and working through before these major things happen. Uh, but the good news is, now that these cracks are being exposed in relationships, and again, it might be a relationship that's not a marriage, it might be your best friend or a roommate, now that these cracks have been exposed, this just gives us a wonderful opportunity to grow, to move our marriages into a new place that we've never been, to move our relationships into a new place, to grow our character and to face those challenges. And Romans 5 says that our pressures... This is if you work with God and work and dig down into your own heart, that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And when you start growing in your character, it only leads to a better marriage and better relationships. And so if cracks are being exposed in your marriage, don't just keep pretending they're not there. Just don't think there's going to be some easy way out. <laughs> there's usually not an easy way out. You've got to work through them. And there's no shame in calling a therapist. There's no shame in getting people around uh, to pray with you. And there's definitely no shame in digging down and finding out where those issues in your own life are coming from. Work on those marital cracks. Now, I just want to uh, point out briefly, because I think I need to point out this is the most time I talk about marriages, especially you know, marriage crisis on the rise and divorce, that if you are listening and you have been divorced, uh, don't let this like push you back into shame or regret or, you know, I'm such a failure and, you know, I'm such a horrible person that I've been through a divorce. God can make everything new and God forgives and he wipes away our shame and there is no condemnation. And if you've been through a divorce, receive that forgiveness just receive that idea that there, God is not condemning you. He's not, he's not rejecting you. He's loving you. And there is beauty in front of you because God is in front of you. And, 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 and to be able to just to look ahead and see what God is doing 
and to not spend time looking behind in regret uh, because our God makes everything new. Beauty every single day. Now, I just want to, with the rest of our time, just give some marriage helps that might help during this pandemic. And, I mean, we could talk about 100. I mean, I could do a series for a whole month on different ways that can bless your marriage. And um, I, I was thinking of doing a whole series, but I can't. Because next week is almost Christmas, we've got to do a Christmas message. So I'm going to pack a lot here in some uh, pandemic marriage helps for our marriage. Uh, first of all, uh, you want to extend extra patience and grace. Extend extra patience and grace. Ephesians 4 verse 2 says, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially to those who may try your patience. And it may be your spouse right now who is trying your patience. Or Colossians, clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. If there ever is a time for patience, it is now. Because maybe your spouse is out at work all day, and they're dealing with, you know, people who are not patient, and they're coming home emotionally drained, and maybe you're coming home emotionally drained. I mean, maybe just as you as husband and wife need to say, you know, right now, we need to extend extra grace and extra patience. Because you know that maybe your fuses are going to be a little bit shorter. You know that maybe you're going to get ticked off a little bit easier. And just to remind yourselves that, look, during this time, we need to extend extra grace and extra patience towards one another. And, uh, and for us as followers of Jesus, uh, we're to be known for our patience. I mean, Paul said this to Timothy, you know my faith, my patience, and my love. I mean, Paul said, look at my life. You know that I'm a patient person. Uh, when your spouse looks at you, do, do, do they see a patient person? I mean, we as followers of Jesus need to be the most grace-filled, patient people out there because God, he, he gives us so much grace and so much patience. God is so patient. God is more patient than I want. <laughs> He's more patient with you than you want. And so just during this time, just say, you know, hey, husband, wife, roommate, whoever, we need to extend more patience and more grace in this time. And also, second point here is that you need to be connecting with other people. Even though it's really, really hard, you need to be connecting with other people because we were designed for community. And the more isolated you become, the more pressure you begin to put on your spouse. We were designed for community. 1 Corinthians 12 says, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern, and so that there will be no division in the body. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. I mean, we are designed to be in community because we need all those different gifts and we need to have people around us who, who build into our lives. And, and this is why the church is important because we need all those people around us. And so when we're hurting, one person can come and help us in this way and the other person can come and help us in this way. But what happens 
during such things like a pandemic is we're cut off from a lot of those relationships. And so what we tend to do is we tend to take all those needs that we have that come from different people and we put them on one person. <laughs> we put them on our spouse. Now you, spouse, need to be my community. Now you need to deal with all those issues. And if you haven't heard little baby Xander yet, there he is. He's awesome. <laughs> Esther Perel said this. She said, we turn to one person to provide what an entire village once did, a sense of grounding, meaning, and continuity. At the same time, we expect our committed relationships to be romantic as well as emotionally and sexually fulfilling. It is any wonder why so many relationships crumble under the weight of it all. Modern life has deprived us of our traditional resources and has created a situation in which we turn to one person for the protection and emotional connections that a multitude of society, social networks used to provide. Adult intimacy has become overburdened with expectations. And this was a huge issue before the pandemic. Uh, people are finding themselves more and more isolated, and married people are finding themselves more and more isolated. And so all of a sudden, instead of you know, getting all of our needs and our emotional needs met by the community, we place them all on our spouse, and it's a tremendous pressure that they cannot live under. And now that we're locked down, and a lot of relationships are cut off, we're putting more pressure on our spouses, and it's an unfair pressure. And uh, I mean, it can look like this. I put this little picture together, like, here's our romantic partner, I mean, they only have certain gifts and certain emotional qualities. They can only help us in certain ways. But, but we, what we expect from our romantic partners is that they're going to be, a be, all, be all and end all. That they're going to have all the gifts and they're going to meet all my needs and they're my soulmate and they're going to fulfill all my desires. And, and if they're not, well, I got to find the other person who's going to fulfill all my desires. There is nobody who can fill all your desires because you were designed for community. And so it is so important during this time that you don't put too many expectations on your spouse. They don't take all those things that we get from community and say, husband, wife, you need to give them all to me because they can't. And so as hard as it is, uh, get on social media, talk to your friends, uh, you know, chat, uh, get on the Facebook members page for the junction and you just need to be in community because you need to be getting those emotional needs met and the more emotional needs you get met, from friends and community, it actually helps your marriage tremendously. One of the worst things you can do for your marriage is to take you as a husband and wife and just isolate yourselves and to see nobody. That works maybe for a year or two, but the pressure will begin to crumble in the marriage. And that is part of what's happening during COVID-19. Another thing that can be really helpful uh, for marriages during this COVID-19 crisis is to make sure you're cultivating play and healthy risk into your relationship. Again, uh, this is part of the idea of spending a lot of time together. You can get so comfortable with each other that things actually end up getting a little bit boring. And maybe you've wondered why. I mean, maybe you've been married for a long time and maybe you're not having sex as much or you wonder why you go to a restaurant and maybe you sit there and you have a meal and you actually don't talk much. You know, I know a lot of people, when they're young, they look at older couples in restaurants who are sitting there not talking, they're like, oh, I never want to be married and like that. <laughs> I mean, why is it that a lot of couples, you know, when they've been married for a long time, end up sitting in a restaurant and having nothing to talk about? 
I mean, why is that? And there's various answers. I mean, maybe, I mean, part of it is because they, they, they talk all the time and they know each other so well, so there's not a lot of new things to say. Oh, that's part of it. I mean, maybe it's because, I mean, not everybody is really verbal in their communication. You can communicate with touch through your eyes, through your looks. I mean, that's part of it. Uh, but the major reason actually is because it tends to be that the longer a couple is, toge- a couple is together, the less they play and the less they risk. And so what happens is, let me just give you a little example here. I got a cup. I don't know if this will make sense, but, but say this is, this is someone you meet, this cup. And you meet this cup and you're like, wow, this is a really amazing cup. It's, 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 it's wonderful. And, uh, and, and, you, and you have a good time. You know how like when someone new meets, you know, they, they wrestle and they play punch and they, you know, they do these little fun things. And because you meet this new cup, you can have fun with the cup and you, you throw it around and you toss it around and you're like, this is really fun. And, and you risk because your security is not found in this cup. Your, your, your security is found in other things at that moment. And so you can say things that are very vulnerable and you can risk a lot and, and not worry that you're going to be rejected because you don't really know this cup much. But the longer you hang out with this cup and the more in love you become with this cup, the more you want to protect it. And the more you say, you know, I, well, I better not jostle this cup because if I jostle it, it might break. And all of a sudden we start getting so much security in this cup that we don't want to shake the security at all because if I shake it, then I'm going to feel like I'm not secure anymore and I better not say anything that I'm not going to get validation back because then I'll feel rejection and then it's going to seem like my relationship is not as, is, as well. So all of a sudden I, I stop being vulnerable because I want to protect the security. I stop risking because I want to make sure this is safe and I put this on a shelf and I put a cage around it to make sure nobody shakes it and this is what happens in relationships. We can get so much security from our relationship that we're like, I don't want to say anything vulnerable because I don't want to shake it up. I got so much security from my relationship that I don't want to risk saying, can we try something new? Because what if they don't like it? And that, that's going to make that relationship uncomfortable. And pretty soon, you were left with talking about the weather and safe politics and just general things like the chores around the house and the kids because you don't want to say anything vulnerable or challenge anything because you want to keep it safe. And the ends up happening is the very thing you're trying to protect, you begin to lose. Every relationship needs healthy risk, play, and this idea that, that you, you're going to stick your neck out, you're going to say something vulnerable. And this is why it is so incredibly important to have your identity in Christ. I mean, you need to have security in your relationship, but you need to have your identity in Christ, knowing that I might suggest something, and if they reject it and they don't validate it, that's okay, because God accepts me, and I'm validated by God. And if they say no, or I don't want to try that, or that's stupid, you know, that's okay. But if you have all your security in your relationship, you're never going to be vulnerable. (laughs) You're never going to risk because you don't want to shake it up. So the challenge is to be vulnerable, and to risk, and to play, And what you'll actually find is you will develop a deeper and deeper relationship. Intimacy is always created through vulnerability. Um, And and there are a lot of marriage, I mean, there's these marriage games you can get on apps that help you ask questions that can help with that. I mean, Marie and I have been, you know, uh, we've been playing bingo on Fridays online, a little something different for us, and we've been I mean, some of you know where our dance parties on Saturday night, which probably is freaking some of you out, but, but, um, but it's fun, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's been great for our relationship and encouraging other people to say, hey, in your marriage, you need to have healthy risk, and you need to have healthy play. It's some of the best thing you can do in your marriage. The more you want to protect your marriage, 
Sometimes that can actually end up hurting your marriage because, you, again, you pull away a little bit. So add healthy risk and play. And the Bible's full of this. I mean, I love this proverb in, in Proverbs 14. It says, an empty stable stays clean, but no income comes from an empty stable. I mean, some of us want our marriage so clean and tight and tied up and nice boxed and secure that there's no, there's no fun, there's no intimacy, there's no, there's no it's, it's just kind of boring. It's just like a clean barn and you're not receiving any income. Uh, get the barn messy and see what happens. That's what the Proverbs saying. You got to step out, you got to try things, you got you to get to work. I mean, the Song of Songs is filled with healthy risk and play. I mean, the Song of Psalms is a, uh, a whole book in the Bible about fun, erotic, emotional, uh, sexual play and romance. And, and, you know, some people use it as an allegory for us and God, but it's not its original meaning. Um, and so we see stuff like this in the Song of, of Songs. You know, come, my beloved, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded if their blossoms have opened, and if the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my love. I mean, that's healthy play and healthy risk. I mean, there's a scene in the Song of Solomon where, you know, it's called, it's called the dance, and where, where the woman is dancing in front of the man, and the woman uh, naked, and, and, and the man is describing all the different parts of, of, of the woman in the dance. I mean, the Song of Solomon is a beautiful book that teaches us that in committed relationships, you need play and healthy risk. And what a beautiful time to try that. When you're stuck at home with your spouse to say, hey, let's try something. This is this game here, and we've never played this before. Just do something different. And you'll probably find that it'll draw you into deeper emotional intimacy and fun. Just a couple quick more, a couple quick ones here, and they'll be done. You want to continually pursue, don't take your relationship for granted. I mean, think back to when you when you're raised first dating. I mean, how much effort you put into a date, how much effort you put into to connecting with that person. And then for some reason, sometimes when we get married, we stop pursuing. But the reality is marriages are like plants. They need to, you need to continually water them and continually fertilize them. In fact, the older a plant gets, guess what? It needs more water than it first did, and it needs more fertilizer than it once did. And the exact same happens with marriage. You pursue your spouse when you first meet, but after you're married, you actually have to work harder at pursuing them. And the reality is so many people work far less. They begin to take their relationship for granted. Well, we're married, everything's okay, and it's just fine. And all of a sudden people wonder why, you know, why don't I feel romantically connected? Why don't I feel erotically connected? Why do I feel bored? The lack of play, healthy risk, the lack of, 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 of pursuit. Pursue your spouse. Uh, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. The longer you are together, the more water and the more fertilizer it takes to grow that plant in a healthy way. And uh, last but not least, you got to be praying for your relationship. And God it's described as a God of love. He's got everything. He, I mean, relationships are based on love, and we want that infused into our relationships, especially during this time of COVID-19 where, you know, our own brokenness is being exposed because of our, the, the, the pressure of stress, and there's the work of the enemy. I mean, Jesus prayed in John 17. He said, my prayer 
that you would protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Keep them safe from the evil one. And the evil one is after our marriages. The brokenness inside of us, the undealt with trauma in our past that keep messing up our marriages, those things are like enemies that want to destroy our marriages. And and just the pressure of COVID-19, there's a lot fighting against marriages right now. So pray and play and pursue and have fun and try something new. Bring God in there and allow God to bless, bless, bless your relationship. So Father, right now, we ask for your blessing, God, in all relationships. God, that you would infuse them with your love. And especially during this time where people have shorter fuses and are more opinionated and on edge, that you would infuse, God, all of us with an extra measure of grace, an extra measure of patience, an extra measure of understanding. God, just as you pursue us, you know, that you so love the world that you gave your one and only son, that you have pursued us. God, may we pursue our spouse. And we thank you, God, for what you're doing. And we thank you, God, that you can, you're the God of the turnaround, that even though if there are marriages here that are tuning in, that are struggling, God, you're the God of the turnaround. You, you, can, you can bring in freshness and newness and excitement. And, and so, God, we would ask that if there are hurting marriages out there, that right now in Jesus' name, that you would bring refreshing and newness into life. In Jesus' name, amen.